Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Transformed minds transform lives. Transformed minds transform lives. We're going to dive straight into the deep end, if you're not already there, this morning, with one of life's big questions. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Not your name, not your career, not how many kids you have, or who you're married to, or where you live. Who are you really? Who are you really? If it were possible to cut you uh, in half I mean, it is possible, but we're not going to do that. Uh, if it's uh, possible, what, what will we find? What's really in your heart? What lies in your heart? What's, in, what's the condition of your soul? What do you really think? How do you really feel? Who are you? Because this morning, uh, we're talking character. Character. The character that goes beyond what people might see on the surface. The character that bubbles to the surface when we might find ourselves under pressure. And the character that has everything to do with the deepest parts of who we are. And you could say that in today's society, character has been uh, replaced, uh, the pursuit of good character, sorry, has been replaced with the pursuit of personal achievement or personal fulfillment or personal satisfaction. It has been replaced uh, with looking for other things uh, to fulfill us. And uh, it's, you know, we'd rather chase after um, the fill in the blank than to work on our character. We'd uh, rather prepare and look out for fill in the blank than work on our character. And we'd rather experience the thrill of fill in the blank than to work on our character. Andy Stanley is a speaker and author, and in his book, uh, Louder Than Words, he just defines character as the will to do what is right as defined by God, regardless of personal cost. Personal cost. Personal cost. Personal cost. We don't like talking about personal cost because it costs us something. Personal cost isn't something we enjoy talking about because uh, when, uh, you know, when something costs something, uh, we don't jump for joy as if Manchester United actually won a game. You know, we don't jump for joy as if we're celebrating. Oh, yes, I get to pay for something. Isn't that exciting? You know, we don't, we don't jump for joy. We, you know, we want things to be instant, easy, and accessible. We enjoy receiving gifts because they're free. Ha-ha. We enjoy going out for dinner because we don't have to cook. Ha-ha. We love going to the, uh, the, the car wash because we don't have to do it ourselves. But character takes time to form and costs us the laying down of our pride that we have within us. After all, godly character isn't just about being nice, but it's about reflecting Jesus, the one who paid the ultimate price for the world's freedom and salvation. And today we're starting uh, the series Fruitfulness on the Frontline. And hopefully you've had a chance this week to answer the question that Sim presented to us last week, which is, what is your frontline? Where do you find yourself in the week? Where do you find yourself in a place of transformation? Who do you find yourself with? 
being an example of Jesus too, and maybe the only example of Jesus too. And so uh, modelling godly character is the first M of the six that we'll be focusing on today. And naturally, you might have already put one and one together to make two, fruitfulness on the front line, modelling godly character. That's got to have something to do with the fruit of the Spirit, and you would be right. In our 24-hour prayer space um, last uh, weekend, it was great, wasn't it, to have that massive bowl of fruit to kind of ponder on and to meditate. We still haven't finished it, by the way. (laughs) It was huge. Um, And uh, it was great to meditate and ponder on it, asking ourselves the question, what is it that God wants us to work on? What fruit of the Spirit are we lacking in whilst being on our front line? Is it love? Is it joy? Is it peace? Is it patience? Is it kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, or our favourite, self-control? Which of these characteristics am I I lacking in, we asked ourselves? What do I need to grow in in order to be more fruitful on our front line? And what do I need to get better at to be a better example of Jesus to those who don't know him yet? I mean, do you ever wonder, um, you know, if people say things about you like, oh, wouldn't go in there today. She's in one of her moods. (laughs) I'm laughing because that's probably said about me. (laughs) Don't go in there today. She's in one of her moods. Or, oh, don't worry. You know, he'll shout and he'll scream. He won't kill you. It's fine. It's just something he does, you know. But what do people think about us? What do people say about us? How do people describe us? Because character is made up of the qualities in us that lead to the expectation of a particular kind of response, whatever the pressure. Whether we're under pressure, whether we're not under pressure, character is about how we respond, and people see that. (laughs) It's all over us. People see how we respond. And so let's turn to the living and breathing word of God that I want to spend more time in during the week. Anyone else? Good. We're going to take a look at two passages today. Number one is John chapter 15, and the second is Galatians 5. So let's turn to the first John chapter 15. It'll be on the screen for those who don't have their Bibles with them. Um, And we're going to be reading from verse 1. It's where Jesus is talking to his disciples about really helpful imagery. So here it is. Reading from verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Everyone say true vine. I am the true vine. And my father is the garden. I might have to sit down, actually. (laughs) Telling a story, isn't it? Uh, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, whilst every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me. Everyone say, remain in me. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. Say, I am the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, they're thrown into the fire, and they're burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And Jesus continues on that imagery. Check it out this week. It won't be a waste of your time, I promise. 
But the first thing we learn here is uh, what Jesus tells his disciples is the what. Is the what. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to bear fruit. How do we know this? Well, he cuts off every branch that doesn't. He cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit. The truth is we cannot be disciples of Jesus if we're not bearing fruit. It says it here. And if we're not bearing fruit, then it shows, it proves something, that something is is not quite right. It's it's wrong. And so God wants us to bear fruit. The second thing we learn here is the why. Why is bearing fruit so important? Well, bearing fruit gives the Father glory. God is glorified. He's celebrated. He's praised. He's made famous because we bear fruit. Because it's by the fruit that shows the world that we are Jesus' disciples. So we bear fruit. That means we're a good example of Jesus. Therefore, God is revealed. And then the third thing we learn here, which is what we're going to be focusing on just a little more, is how we bear fruit. How do we bear fruit? How do we do it? We remain in him. We cannot bear fruit unless we remain in him, unless we stay close to him. If Jesus, let's imagine for a moment, if Jesus was was standing here where I was, where in the room do you think you would be? Do you think you'd be sat on the front row? Maybe, you know, not not too far away. Is this okay, Aaron? Is it going to feedback massive? That's great. (laughs) You know, are you you here? Or maybe maybe you're, you're halfway back. And Jesus, Jesus is over there, and you're just kind of watching, watching on. Or maybe you're not, you, you perhaps might not even be in the room at all. I won't go out there. You might, you might be peering through the door, and Jesus is way over there. Where in the room do you think you would be? Because in order to bear fruit, we are to remain in him. We are to stay close to him, to wherever he is, we are to remain in him. And furthermore, as we remain in him, we we are to do the changing bit. He talks about the pruning bit. We like that bit, don't we? Is that a good bit? You know, the cutting off, the trimming, the pruning, the molding. When we remain in him, we are to do the transforming bit. We are the branches that need pruning. To produce more fruit, we are to be trimmed. And gardeners would cut away the dead branches and prune and trim the healthy ones. Even the healthy ones. Even the healthy branches would get trimmed. Because otherwise they will not bear more fruit. We have to be pruned and we have to be cut back in order to be transformed. And then we are able to bear more fruit. Transformed minds transform lives. Transformed minds transform lives. And interestingly, just before Jesus talks about this imagery of the vine uh, and remaining in him, he's, uh, he's just previously actually promised his disciples something. Anyone know what it is in John 14? He promises them something. He says, I will promise I will send you another advocate the Spirit to be with you, because I can't stay here any longer. Jesus knew he had to go home after, yes, a a horrific death for the sake of us, but he knew that he had to go. And so he said, but don't worry, 
because I will send you a helper. I will send you an advocate. And that's in John 14, verse 16. And then, if you turn uh, over the page from, verse, from chapter 15 to 16, after this imagery, he also talks about the same advocate. He says in John 16, verse 7, it's best if I go, because if I don't go, the Spirit won't come. And so Jesus' explanation of this vine of us, of us bearing fruit and then us being pruned, the transformation process that goes on, it's as if Jesus wants us to know that we don't have to do it alone. That we don't have to do it whilst feeling uh, as if God is angry with us or frustrated with us or disappointed with us because the Holy Spirit has been given to us in order to give us strength. And so let's take a look at our second passage, which is Galatians 5, reading from verse 13. Paul here is writing to uh, Galatia, uh, the church in Galatia, and this is what he says. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Freedom Church, you were called to be free. Have you got that? You are free. Jesus has given us freedom. You are called to be free. But do not use your freedom in the wrong way to indulge the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are, are obvious, right? They're obvious. They're obvious. Come on. It's, it's sexual immorality, it's impurity, it's debauchery, it's idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions. What is dissensions? I was meant to look that up. <laughs> dissensions, fractions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, we love a big but, don't we? But, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying one another. Modeling godly character is about letting the life of Christ flow in and through us by the work of his spirit. For those who remain in Jesus, who belong to him, it's about keeping in step with this spirit. We have a fruitful power source within us. As we were praying before the, the service, Joe reminded us of God's presence with us at all times. God's presence, his, his spirit dwells within us. And so when we're on our front lines, trying to do this modeling godly character, we can have the discernment 
in tough times. We can have the strength to keep persevering and we can have that peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of utter chaos. We are to model godly character, but we have no obligation to do it alone. The worship and tech team, come on, woo! The best team, yeah! The worship and tech team, we met a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and as we were waiting on God together and uh, hearing what God might have to say to us in, in worship, uh, one of our drummers, Mark, had a picture of uh, taps, like at a bar, and, uh, and under these taps were, were buckets, and in the buckets, um, the, he noticed that there were holes, and so whenever the taps were turned on, it would just, it would just leak. And, uh, and he kind of said, look, I think this maybe perhaps someone in the room that uh, might feel like they've just been knocked and, and hit, and, and so therefore the holes are there, and, and, and the leakage, it needs to be dealt with. I mean, how do we model godly character? It's, it's that picture exactly. Because in order to model godly character, we are to be filled with the Spirit, but we can't be filled with the Spirit unless we're overflowing. Nothing can overflow unless it's constantly being filled. If you put a a cup under a tap, it might be full, but it won't be overflowing unless the tap is constantly on. And I've just got a real sense that there might be some of us in this room, perhaps many of us, that we just, we've turned the tap off. Or we've, we've removed ourselves from underneath the tap. And so therefore are no longer being filled. And no wonder we're finding it hard to model godly character because the spirit, the fruit of the spirit within us, it, it's, it's lacking. There's, there's not much there. It's if we, we're trying to do it in our own strength and we, we're doing good, we're being kind, we're being patient, you know, we, we, we're doing our best, but we're, we're doing it in our own strength and so therefore are no longer overflowing. And we can only model what we see, Right? When you model something, you model something that you you look at. And so who are you looking at? Who are we looking to? If we're not looking to Jesus, then who are we ended up modeling? It might be the world, it might be ourselves, it might be the the opinion that we think is, is right. But of course, Jesus is the perfect example for us to look to and to remain in. Because who else is their best to model? than the one we're following. We're following Jesus, right? We're not following sin. We're not following Joe. We're not following Tim. We're not following me. We're not following the church. We're not following the, the, uh, what are we part of? (laughs) The bigger church. We're not following whoever's in charge. We're following Jesus. I'm kind of glad I don't know that. (laughs) We're following Jesus. Are we looking to Jesus and remaining in Jesus who it's all about because if we want to produce fruit we have to remain in him are we overflowing because every word that we say on our front line what did you say this week that that wasn't modeling Jesus what did you do this week what have we done this week that might not have been kind Because every word that we say, every cup of tea that we make, every nappy that you change, every decision that you have to make, life changing or not, if we're not overflowing Jesus, then we won't produce fruit. And we want to overflow 
with Jesus himself, right? Because Jesus is all about sacrifice. He's about love. He's about peace and joy. He's about life-giving things, which is what this world needs. The world needs Jesus. If we don't believe that to be true, then what are we doing? We have to believe that to be true, that the world needs Jesus. And Jesus, I know he wants the world because he loves it, which is why he died for it. And God is in the process of developing character, right? In his children, in us. I loved that this morning we had a bit of a focus on the father. Because can I just say that, you know, being from a place, I was a bit nervous of this morning because, you know, modeling godly character, sometimes it could be like, do what is right, be good, be kind, you know, kind of thing. But it's not that at all because we're, we're doing it from a place of, we're doing, it, we're doing it in a place of in the Father's arms. Like I said earlier, we're not doing it from a place of anger. God isn't frustrated or disappointed in you. He loves us and loves to work with us on this process of developing godly character. Transformed minds transform lives. The challenge that you might feel God prompting you to take up today might be to keep yourself accountable. You know, you could give permission to the one who sees you, who hears you, and say, look, can you, can you just watch me for a week? That's brave, right? <laughs> can you just watch me for a week? And, and just let me know. I give you full permission. Let me know in love and grace. Thank you. But I give you permission to tell me in what area, what fruit of the spirit do you think I, I'm lacking in? And can I just say, this does not give you permission to go to the person you find irritating. <laughs> right? Let's put that down right now. Don't go talking to anyone afterwards. Oh, I think you need more patience. You're really grumpy. <laughs> this isn't about that. It's, it's about you. You giving permission to someone else. Can you speak into my life? Would you help me? I need your help because I can't see everything I see. Can you help me? And so maybe that's the challenge that you want to do. And try to do it without, you know, giving excuses to why you do things. We'll, we'll drive home after this. And I often ask Jordan how I did, you know, insecure and all that. And, uh, and Jordan will tell me. He, he will tell me honestly because he loves me. And, uh, and, and I often find myself wanting to give excuses to why I did what I did and why I said that really silly thing. Oh, it made people laugh, it's fine. I, I, I often do that because we often defend ourselves in a time of vulnerability. So let's try and, 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 and accept that. When we give some people to permission, let's accept it with grace and perhaps we might not always be right. I find that growth is, um, is compromised. <laughs> Compromised and put on hold by something called um, comparison. How many times do we look to the left? That is my left, isn't it? I always get my left and right wrong. I look to the left. How, how many times do we look to the right? And, and we know that something in us, oh, maybe, we'd, maybe we could grow in that. Maybe we could be get better at that. But we choose to ignore it because, oh, we're not, we're not as bad as them. <laughs> Woo! Doing good, everybody. Not as bad as them. How many times do we think that? Or we point the finger, oh, I wish that person had more. Oh, 
Oh, they just need to be more. And Jesus is just way more concerned about how we're doing and about our, uh, our eyes being fixed on the growth areas that we need to, to grow in. I, I, I learned very slowly, as I do, um, that my brother and sister were never going to change because of something I said to them or by something I did. Even though I slipped you know, kind of, uh, comments to my mum and dad and, oh, you should teach them this, because I knew better at 10. <laughs> you know, I, nothing I said or did would change my brother or sister, however annoying they were. I love them. But, you know, they're annoying, aren't they, brothers and sisters? They're meant to be, right? But nothing I said or did would change them. I just, I came to this realisation in my teens. I was like, wow, I just need to accept that I'm pointing the finger here. I'm doing this all wrong. And God spoke to me and said, I want you to, I want you to focus on, on where you need to grow. Leave them to me. I've got them. Don't worry about them. Focus on you. And maybe that's the challenge for us today. Stop looking at everyone else and to everyone else's areas where they need to grow, but to focus on our own. And if anyone but Jordan tells me that I'm perfect in every way, because he's allowed to do that, <laughs> if anyone else tells me that, you can tell me later. <laughs> if anyone else tells me that, I'll shoot you down. Because it's, it's not true. Because there's always an area to grow. There's always something else to learn. And... Wow, God forbid for me to ever get into that point where I don't believe that to be true because it is really, really dangerous ground where we think we have nothing else to learn. My prayer is that Freedom Church would never, ever get to that point that we think we're done. You know, we grow because no one is finished yet. And that will always be the case. There is always an area in which we can grow. Transformed minds transform lives. And what's clear in scripture is that character matters. And I love what David shared this morning, that God loves you for who you are. That is 100% true. I'm not undoing that in any way, shape or form, because that is true. But that might be personality. Character are the things that we need to grow in. That doesn't mean you stop being you, because grumpy isn't you. Unkind isn't you. God wants us to grow into the person that he has called us to be, while still staying the Hannah that he has created, the Eve that he has created, the Jordan that every single one of us is loved by God. And so I'd love us to have just a moment of silence together, Sometimes we're a bit uncomfortable with that, but we're going to be brave. And, and in that silence, I would, I would love for us to just take the moment to confess. Because I can, I'll put money on it. I don't normally do that. <laughs> I don't ever do that. I'd put money on anyone in here that says they haven't done something wrong. Or haven't been ungodly in some way. Even today, this week, this month, this year. And maybe, maybe this is something that, that God brought you today here for. Because he wants to, to show you how much he loves you. And so we're going to just take a moment to confess. Is that okay? You, you, you're happy to do that with me? We're going to just take a moment and we're going to think and ask God, would you reveal the things to me that I need to repent of? And then I'd love to pray for us. And then we're going to worship together. 
So let's be quiet and use this time just to confess to God the things that we know we've done wrong. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you want us to become more like your son. And God, our prayer is that you would grant us that same desire. Father, forgive us. (laughs) Forgive our ungodly thoughts and behaviours and persistent ungodly actions. Work in us, Spirit that we might turn away from the darkness and temptations to gratifying our own selfish desires and help us to walk in the light of your grace. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would transform our minds so that we can be involved in transforming lives. All for your glory, (laughs) forever and ever. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.